0: This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me. As always, the pre-draft All-Star Circuit is set to begin. Shrine Bowl practices have started. Senior bowl kicks off in just a couple of days. I'm recording this on conference championship Sunday. Excited for those two games, but this is all about previewing the two premier All-Star games for the college seniors, a couple of juniors mixed in who have fulfilled their requirements in terms of you know graduation who who will be there as well but it is the most exciting time of the year for us here at saturday to sunday with the all-star games kicking off combine you know a month and a half away or so a little bit actually less than a month and a half a little bit over a month away lots of stuff to talk about i know i was really digging in over the last week or two uh to familiarize myself with some players at the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl who I had not had eyes on. Lots of intriguing names to talk about. I'm going to kind of hit on the important ones tonight as well. So let's jump right in. Lots to talk about. Let's start with the quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl. And it is as star-studded a group at the Senior Bowl as I can remember since that year where it was Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. But this year, every quarterback besides Matt Corral, who's considered a top quarterback in this class, is going to be down there in Mobile. And that really makes it a fascinating situation. While it is not a top-heavy, guaranteed franchise quarterback type draft like we saw last year with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, and we knew all those guys were going to be in the mix in the top 10, a lot more uncertainty this year. But Basically, five of the top six quarterbacks are down there in Mobile, which is going to be interesting to kind of see who kind of sees their stock ride. So, you know, obviously, you know, Desmond Ritter down there, excited to watch him. I have thrown out the comp for years now of Colin Kaepernick, the size, the frame, good to very good arm talent, capable of making any NFL pro outside the numbers or vertically down the field. Good to very good athleticism, rushing ability and mobility. He's got a quick release from multiple arm angles ability to play outside the pocket, off structure and throw on the run. Consistency is the thing for him that he needs to show down there this week. Uh so it's going to be really fun to see Ritter down there. See less we less image we have of him It's kind of struggling in that Alabama game. So it's going to be a good opportunity for him to go down there and see if he can catapult himself into the early round 2 mix. Obviously, Kenny Pickett is the star of the show down there who probably is ticketed to be the first quarterback from the Senior Bowl taken. We did a deep dive on him. There's lots of things to like about his game. There are some question marks in terms of how he handles pressure, but he's got the size and frame. He's got good arm talent in terms of velocity and strength. He can make pretty much every NFL pro. He's got a competitive toughness. He stands tall in the pocket, average to above average athleticism, so he can move around. He could do some stuff with his legs, you know. Run some RPO concepts. He can throw from different arm angles. So, a lot to like about Kenny Pickett. Carson Strong down there is a wild card because he's played through an injury this whole year. He's in the round two mix, but he's got ideal size and frame. If you're looking for a traditional pocket passing quarterback, like, you know, think like back in the day, Drew Bledsoe type. Like, that's who Carson Strong could be in terms of good to very good arm talent, in terms of velocity and strength. He can make every NFL pro. He's got good accuracy to all three levels. Displays good toughness in the pocket, but he's not going to be a guy who's going to do much in terms of playing off structure with his legs, buying time in the pocket, things that are so important in today's NFL. But if you're looking for a traditional pocket passing quarterback, Strong checks a lot of boxes. The most intriguing name down there is Malik Willis. Yes, only average size, but he's got a good frame. He's built it up. It looks even sturdier than when I watched him earlier in the year. Great athleticism, mobility, rushing ability, and elusiveness in the open field. Very good to great arm talent in terms of his velocity and strength. Has the ability to make any pro playoff structure, pro on the run, multiple arm angles. He battled some inconsistency this year, especially down the stretch. Level of competition concerns are real for him. This is a huge week for Malik Willis. I think he's got the most upside of any of the quarterbacks in this draft, including Matt Corral, who sits, who still sits, is my number one QB in this draft. But between Willis. Pickett and Corral, we're talking razor thin margins between them, and I think natural talent Willis might have the most, so really intrigued to see the week that Willis puts out down there. Bailey Zapp out of Western Kentucky is a guy who, listen, he's been getting some publicity. I think it was Matt Miller, obviously a longtime draft analyst, says he's his QB four going into Mobile. He, for me, he's a little bit further down the list, but Listen, he doesn't have the arm talent that you look for, vertical passing, outside the numbers, but talking about a guy who can run a West Coast or a spread where you get it out really quickly, Zap can do that. He's got average size, good frame, average athleticism, the arm talent's an issue like I talked about, but he's got really good accuracy in the short to intermediate range. He's got good touch. He can throw in anticipation. He's got good footwork and mechanics, so a lot to like about Zap. I think if you get him in the right scheme, he could be a high-end backup quarterback, maybe a spot starter down the line, and then the last quarterback down there in Mobile is going to be Sam Howell started this year with Spencer Rattler as what most people thought was the clear one-two in the quarterback ranking, lost all his top playmakers, had an inconsistent year this year, but there's a lot to work with still. He's got a lot of inconsistency. We started out this year, but he's got good frame, very good arm talent in terms of velocity and strength, shows the ability to make any pro. He's got good accuracy and touch to all three levels of the field at times, displays great toughness and poise handling pressure in the pocket, good vertical passer a guy who's got the athleticism to move around in the pocket and do different things. We Sir Howell use that this year. So he's a guy who definitely has some athleticism uh, to run some RPO concepts, to move around the pocket, to pick up yards if needed. It's not going to be his calling card, but think about like, he's a more athletic version, I think, than even a Zach Wilson type. So I think that's something that, uh, you know, NFL teams would be intrigued with it when you combine that with his natural passing ability as well, if they can clean up that inconsistency. So, really fascinating weeks for the quarterbacks down there. I think Willis and Howell are the two that can see their stock rise the most. I think Willis can push himself into the top 15 mix. I think Sam Howell can push himself into the late round one mix. I think Carson Strong and Desmond Ritter possibly can push their way into the first half of round two. I think Pickett is in that mix already as a top 15 guy. Could this potentially push him up even higher, I think, is to be determined. And then Zap probably we're looking at you know around four, round five type guy. If we take this to the running backs, we never usually have a strong class at the running back position because most of the top running backs are usually underclassmen. But we got some interesting names. Obviously, Brian Robinson out of Alabama. He's probably a round three, really round four guy. But you, know, you got to love the size and frame. Above average athleticism, short area burst, and long speed for a guy his size and frame. Very good, the great contact balance, play strength, power, toughness. We saw him really be the focal point of that Alabama offense down in the stretch of the season. He's got good footwork. He's got the ability to one-cut and get upfield. Runs with that natural forward lean. I think teams are going to like Brian Robinson as part of a committee. I could see him come off the board somewhere early on day three if he doesn't sneak into the top 100 in the back end of round three. Devontae Price out of Florida International. Great size and frame, average athleticism, short area burst, and speed. Good to very good play strength, power, contact balance, and toughness. He can pick up yards after contact. He's got good vision and footwork. Obviously, Florida International, you know, the the level of competition is is a little bit of an issue because some of the guys that he was breaking tackles and running over. And, you know, they're not gonna be playing in the NFL. So Devontae, but Devonta Price, Devante Price, I see a guy who has the ability to one cut and get up the field quickly, not going to do a lot in terms of elusiveness, change of directions, not much in the passing situation. So I think a mid to late day parade type grade. Damian Pierce out of Florida is an interesting player. While I think he lacks explosiveness and long speed and inconsistent sometimes in terms of his run instincts, vision and patience, there's things about him that I like. I think he's got average to above average overall athleticism, movement skills, build up speed, short area burst and quickness. I like his contact balance and his play strength. He, he can bounce off defenders, pick up additional yards. He's got some agility and elusiveness with one cut ability to get up the field quickly. To me is a north south gap run scheme type of guy. I think he could be around four, round five mix, but I know some people, you know, I know Lance Irline speaks very highly of him and I respect Lance's work and, you know, his profiles that he writes up tremendously and and listen to him and Dave Rugler, one of the best draft podcasts, if not the best out there, you know, they were talking about Damian Pierce and and Lance Irline is a fan of him. So keep an eye on him this week. He could be a riser. James Cook, I don't think I have to give a scouting report on him. If you've been listening here at Saturday to Sunday, I think he's going to be a really valuable NFL player. I think NFL teams are going to be intrigued by him. I think he can go as a top five running back in this class due to his versatility in terms of his big playability in the passing game or the round order on the ground. So I love James Cook. I think he has, I think he's ticketed potentially for somewhere in round three, one of my favorite players at the Senior Bowl. Uh Zikandre White out of South Carolina is the only running back that I haven't had a chance to get some eyes on yet. So I'll be Watching him closely uh, in the drills, and then in the game, and then circle back to him. But he's a, he's another guy down there. Rashad White uh, from Arizona State. Uh, We've been talking about him here at Saturday to Sunday for, for quite some time. Obviously, Jeff is a fan of his as well. Not at the level of James Cook, but I do think in some ways they bring a lot of similar skill sets to the table. Very versatile, uh, good receiving skills, can make people miss, the change of direction, you know, uh, shifty, good footwork, elusiveness, agility, very good at to. You know, athleticism, speed, and verse. So I like white a lot, very similar to Cook. So if Cook's going to go in like round three, I could see white in that round four, round five mix. If somebody, if a team doesn't get Cook, but wanted him, I could see white being the fallback just a round or two later. I think their skill sets are pretty comparable, and I'm really intrigued by both of them in terms of their versatility as the modern day spread NFL type running back who can be used in a variety of ways. Hassan Haskins out of Michigan. Obviously, dynamite finish to to close out the season. Obviously, everyone remembers that Ohio State game. He's got very good size and frame, average athleticism, long speed, burst, and acceleration. Love the contact balance, the power, the physicality, the play strength, to pick up additional yards, that good finishing ability, uh, average receiving skills. A little bit of an upright runner, so opens himself up for some... You know, punishment, durability concerns, lacks explosiveness and long speed. That's not his calling card, more of a sustainer, which is fine. There's a lot of those guys in this draft class. A lot of those guys are going to be taken in round four, through six, from, you know, Zach Charbonnet to Brian Robinson to Jerome Ford. You know, everyone has a little bit different in terms of athletic ability. I would say Haskins a little bit further down the list. I would say just about average. Some of those other guys I'm definitely intrigued with more. Guy, I'm really excited to see down there another one in that. James Cook, Rashad White kind of mold is Tyler Batty out of Missouri. Yes, he's undersized. He doesn't have a lot of Russian production to his name, play strength, contact balance, all that's lacking. But what this guy is, is very good to great athleticism, speed, explosiveness, burst, and acceleration. I love the footwork, the lateral quickness, the cutting ability, the change of direction skills. He can make people miss in the open field. He's got very good to great receiving skills. He's a threat anytime he touches the ball in space as an offensive weapon as either a rusher or receiver. I think teams are going to be intrigued by him. He's another guy I could see going somewhere in that round four, round five mix that just kind of fits a role. Guys like that could even be pushed up the board, that dynamic offensive. Offensive weapon. Abram Smith at a Baylor. uh, He's a guy who I think more of a late day guy, but average size, good frame, average athleticism, and long speed, good quickness, agility, elusiveness, and change of direction. He's got really good vision, uh, contact balance, absorb contacts, and stay on his feet. In some ways, not at the level, but in some ways, as a lesser version of Devin Singletary. I think his vision makes him even look quicker than he is. I think his elusiveness and agility are good. I don't think his long speed is necessarily good, but I think his vision in the scheme that he played. Now listen, things are wide open spread at Balor, the defenses, a lot of room to work with. So, but I do think his vision and his agility and quickness uh remind me of, you know, like a lesser version of Devin Singletary in that regard. Uh he's got some pass receiving issues and and you know to that we just didn't see him do much in that regard. I don't think he has a lot of long speed or explosiveness to be that like change of pace Type guy, but I do think his agility and elusiveness and vision make him an intriguing prospect. And then Jerome Ford, we did a deep dive on him not that long ago. Uh, a lot to like about his game. I can see him as a round three, round four guy, running that Brian Robinson mix as well. Good size, great frame. I like the athleticism for a man his size. I would say above average to good. The same thing with the short area burst, the build, he's got some build-up speed, good to very good, contact balance, play strength, power, physicality good vision and patience. I like the footwork. To me, he shows the ability to one cut and get up the field quickly. I think he's best in an inside gap or zone run scheme, but he does have the ability to bounce some runs out to the perimeter. If we keep this going uh, to the wide receivers. Another guy I did a deep dive on not that long ago, Khalil Shakir at a Boise State. He's got average size and frame, above average. Overall athleticism with average speed and acceleration, but I like the movement skills and the quickness. Good to very good route runner with separation quickness. Gets in and out of his brakes very fast. Very good to great yak ability. Changes direction skills and agility in the open field. I like his body control and ball skills with the ability to adjust the passes outside of his frame. Not going to bring a lot at the catch point or play strength. Not a lot of explosion off the line of scrimmage, but a very savvy route runner. Very smart runner. Good understanding of route concepts. I like Shakir's game. I think he's going to do really well in the one-on-one drills in terms of his ability to create space in his routes. Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Guy, another guy who could be in the early date remix. He's got some route refinement expanding of the route tree and route concepts, but he's got very good size and frame, good to very good athleticism, movement skills and long speed. He's got great length and catch radius. He's got good body control, ball skills. He can go up and high point the football. He's got, he's an average route runner, but I, I do like his releases off the line of scrimmage. He's got some yak ability to his game. He's got outside. I think he's an outside wide receiver, but he does have some experience at Cincinnati working out of the slot as well. Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada above average size and frame good to very good athleticism, long speed burst and acceleration to win and separate vertically consistently good to very good body control and ball skill shows the ability to high point and adjust to the football. Good length and catch radius with average to above average play strength and physicality. A lot to like about Dobbs' game. He's a guy who, since the summer, I've been intrigued with. I think he's very much in the top 100 mix. If he doesn't go in the top 100 because of the strength of the wide receiver class, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't go early, early on day three to top around four. Christian Watson at North Dakota State. This is going to be a guy who I am really excited to see down here in Mobile. You know, obviously coming from a smaller school, there's lots of questions. Also, there are times that body catches too much, he's got some focus drops. Obviously, the level of competition is you gonna know, be dramatically different. I don't see a lot of suddenness out of his breaks or, or dealing with physical press. Got some route refinement and expanding of the route tree to do. But this is a guy who's got great size, good frame, very good overall athleticism and long speed. He's got a great catch radius and length. He just goes up and dominates people at the competition that he was up against. He shows the ability to adjust and high point to the football. Good play strength and physicality to win contested catches. He's got some yak ability. I'd say his route run is probably only about average. He's got work to do there. But to me, he's an outside X receiver who also lined up in the slot, has some return skills. So, this is, I don't think that's going to be his calling card at 6'5, you know, in terms of the NFL. But this is such a huge opportunity for a guy like this who just dominated his level of competition. Can he translate it over now in Mobile against top-level defensive backs? If he does, you're going to see his his, his pa- draft capital skyrocket while he's down there. One of the top wide receivers down there in Mobile, Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Guy we've talked about a lot this year. We're talking very good to great athleticism, speed, burst, and acceleration. He's got explosiveness off the line of scrimmage. He's got the ability to get vertical. Very good to great separation quickness in his route running. He's got yak ability, agility, and elusiveness. After the catch, he's got suddenness in and out of his breaks. shows body control. To me, he's a versatile playmaker and weapon. He can be used all over the offense, slot, outside, manufacture touches, return game. Dotson is a playmaker that NFL teams are going to love. I'd be surprised if he wasn't taken within the first 40 picks or so in the NFL draft. Late round one, first half or so, or first third of the second round, I'd be surprised if Dotson is not off the board with how teams value offensive playmakers. Speaking of an offensive playmaker, a little bit under the radar, not talked about a lot, but Bo Melton out of Rutgers is a guy who I just got eyes on recently. Size and frames a concern, play strength, phys- dealing with physical corners, you know, some some drops along the way. But you're talking about a guy who, while undersized, very good athleticism, movement skills, and speed. Very good to great change of direction, agility, and looseness to make people miss in the open field. He's a versatile offensive playmaker. Could be used as a slot. Receiver, a third down running back, or in space, manufacturer touches, return guy. You know, I've seen some comparison thrown out there to like a lesser man's Curtis Samuel. I kind of dig it in terms of the usage. So I, I'm kind of going to go with that. I think that's the kind of usage he could see at the next level. I could see somewhere in round four, round five, a team being intrigued with Melton, bringing him in, using him in a variety of ways, and getting him on the football field maybe earlier than some might even think. Another guy similar in, in nature is Calvin Austin. The third out of Memphis. He's got some of the same issues as Bo Melton. Size, frame, play strength, catch radius, you know, dealing with physical corners, uh, limited to probably just a slot at the NFL, but another guy with Top-level athleticism, speed and movement skills. He's got great yak ability. Change of direction and elusiveness is seen regularly. He's a playmaker with the ball in his hands. He shows the ability to adjust the passes outside of his frame. He can. He's another versatile playmaker. He's definitely more of a slot receiver, but a slot receiver that can get vertical. Melton is a little bit more of a guy who can go running back slash wide receiver. Austin's definitely more of a traditional a uh, slot wide receiver, but can be used in a variety of ways to get him the ball in space. I think he can get vertical from the slot, Tyler Lockett type in terms of the ability to get vertical from the slot. So Calvin Austin the is somebody that intrigues me. Probably round four ish, give or take. I think that's probably where he'll start to be considered by teams in the mix. A guy who I've been a fan of since the summer, Reggie uh, Roberson out of SMU. Age, injuries—you know, those are some of the issues that that teams are going to have with him dealing with physicality, catch point, contested catches. He's a little bit undersized, but we're talking about another guy, very good to great athleticism, speed, movement skills, good to very good footwork. I love his footwork in and out of his breaks. He shows really good separation quickness. He's got good releases off the line of scrimmage, ability to be a playmaker after the catch, hard to take down, agility, elusiveness. You see it all, dynamic playmaking ability and skills. If if the medical strikeout, I could see him going to the top 100. If not, we're talking early day debris, I think, because of the talent that he brings to the table. His teammate from SMU, Danny Gray, he's got some route refinement and route concepts and expanding of the route tree to deal with, but he's another guy, average size and frame. He's got above average to good athleticism. I think his time speed might be a little bit faster than what I see on the football field. But I like his. but I think his movement skills are good. I think he's got some speeds. You see the separation quickness and releases. I do think the scheme creates a lot of that space, but 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 he's got to be credited with, with also having some separation quickness and and good in terms of his releases. He's got good body control, ability to adjust to the football when outside of his frame. To me is a slot or outside Z uh receiver. Jalen Tolbert, another guy who big big week for him. He's a guy who's right now I think in the top 100 mix out of South Alabama, but this is a guy who could see his draft capital and his stock rise to like round two levels with a good week there. Obviously, level of competition coming from South Alabama is an issue. He's got to show he can be press off the line of scrimmage. The level of DBs he's going to be going up this week is going to be dramatically improved than what we saw him at South Alabama. He's got to show he's got the play strength and physicality to deal with that because at times that was an issue even at the level of competition he was against. But he's got the size and he's got good size, average frame. He could add some more weight, hopefully, since, you know, before the combine, maybe we'll see him add, you know, a little bit of muscle. But he's got good overall athleticism, speed, and acceleration. He's a guy who has shown the ability repeatedly to win vertically down the field. He can pick up yards after the catch. The length and catch radius makes him a big-time target go up and get it. He could high point the football. He's a red zone target, shows the body control and the ability to adjust and extend and high point the football, catch it away from his frame. He's got ball skills, got good hands. Tolbert is a guy who I'm really, really intrigued with. it. Jones Jr. out of Tennessee. Give me 25, 25. So on the older side, he's got some route refinement, Not going to be a guy who's going to win contested catches. Got some play strength issues. Got to expand his route tree a little bit. But he's another guy, explosive, explosive level athlete. Very good degree in athleticism, movement skills, and speed. Change of direction, cutting ability, elusiveness in the open field. He's a playmaker when you get him touches in space, good separation, quickness, and above average route running. Good body control shows the ability to adjust slot receiver and can be used on manufactured touches. And and as a return, man, we had a lot of guys like that in this game that I think make it very, very intriguing. Uh, a couple other wide receivers to round it out. Dontario Drummond out of old miss. He's six feet two 15. He's got good speed in that four, four to four, five range. Uh, you don't see too much translate in terms of after the catch, but his game, uh, but he can get vertical. He can win vertically down the field. He's got good body control. Uh, he's got some solid footwork. He he ran a, a good amount of route. His route tree was extensive at Ole Miss. He showed good hands. And, but really after the catch is something, uh, that really he shines at, you know, you don't see a lot of like stop and go, but he, he shows the ability to make some people miss. And he's got a, a type of running back style body where guys bounce off of him. So he can make plays after the catch. And then the final receiver that is down there uh, is Trey Turner out of Virginia tech. He's six feet, hundred and ninety pounds. He's a guy who I haven't had a chance to to watch a lot of. I do think he's got the ability to play inside and outside, so he's he's versatile. I think he's got a high ceiling. Just haven't had a chance to get around to him, so he's one of the few guys who I didn't get a chance to finish uh, getting eyes on prior to recording this. So I'm going to be watching for him down there to see how he does. Hopefully I get a chance to watch him. We've got a couple of days here before practices kick off, uh, but he's a guy who I think – you know just from watching a little bit of him and and is watching him naturally on Saturday he's a guy who i think has big playability he, we we've seen it at virginia tech he's a guy who probably profiles as an outside z receiver maybe a big slot uh but i do th- i do like things about his game very tough player he can play inside or outside like they talked about, you know, solid route runner. So there's a lot to like about his game, but I just haven't done enough of a deep dive to really give you my full take on him just yet. So Trey Turner's a guy still going to get eyes on. I will definitely circle back to him next week. If we round out the senior bowl preview with the tight end group, let's start with Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. Built like a wide receiver, definitely considered undersized for a tight end, but he's got good athleticism, movement skill, speed. He's got yak ability and separation quickness above average to good route running ability. Shows the ability to adjust to the football. Versatile. Can be lined up in motion in the slot, detached, or outside as a wide receiver. Obviously, level of competition coming from Coastal Carolina is a concern, so this is a big week for him. If he has a good week down there, likely could be a guy that goes from round four, round five, to round three. That's a big difference in terms of draft capital, so I think this is a big week for Isaiah Likely down there. Probably as big a week for any of the tight ends down there that he can potentially make the jump if people look at him and think he could be a mismatched guy at the tight end position, even though he's a little even though he's undersized, if he could be that guy that could be a really dynamic pass catching tight end, likely might be see a stock rise. Gren Calcaterra. I'm so excited that he's down there, you know, obviously a couple of years ago was forced to retire, came back this year. Obviously he doesn't have the ideal size and I should say he doesn't have the ideal frame for a tight end position. Blocking is not going to be something he could be asked to do much at the NFL level. He's not going to be a guy who holds the point of attack, you know, two years out of football due to retirement, but we're talking about a guy who's got very good athleticism to attack the seam. I like the speed, the quickness, the movement skills creates easy separation in his route running and creates mismatches all over the field. I like the length, the body control, the hands he can adjust the passes. I like his ability to get vertical, and also work underneath in the short to intermediate range as well. Calcaterra is a guy who I'd be very intrigued as a round four, round five pick. And I wonder if he could even push his way up the mix a little bit. Uh, Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State, to me, is more of a depth tight end, a tight end two, type three, more of a blocking tight end. It could be a functional, you know, check down option, but lacks the athleticism bursts or receiving skills to be a starting tight end to next level. Uh, Greg uh, Dulcich out of UCLA. While he lacks the top end athleticism or, or explosiveness or separation quickness, he's a guy who's just been super productive the last couple of years at UCLA. And that, that means a lot when we're talking about tight ends, you know, producing like that. So to me, he's got average size, good frame, average to above average athleticism, movement skills, and speed. He's got ball skills and body control. He's got a good length and catch radius. I would say he's an average route runner can attack the seam, but the production speaks for itself to me he's a complimentary pass, catching tight end shows good effort as a blocker as Well, the top tight end prospect down there, and right now ticketed potentially for somewhere on day two, is Trey McBride out of Colorado State. I I don't see a lot of explosiveness or high end level athleticism. You don't see much after the catch, or in terms of agility, or elusiveness, or route running. I think that can be expanded upon. But what you do see is a guy with good size and frame, very good play strength. Power, toughness, contact balance. He uses that physicality and toughness to create space in his routes at the catch point and to win contested catches. He breaks tackles, picks up yards after the catch with his strength and physicality. He's got good hands, good blocking skills. I would say his athleticism is probably just average. But in this class, it's a little bit of a down year at the tight end class, there seems to be people who are higher on McBride than me. So maybe he can win me over down here in Mobile, uh, when I watch the film and stuff, because I always thought he was more of like a round four guy, but a lot of people seem to think he's potentially the second tight end in this class. Uh, and I think by default, because a lot of the guys who didn't materialize this year, I could understand why he is number two. You know, I just think to me it's Jalen Widemeyer as a round two guy, and then to me everybody else should be date great. But a lot of people think McBride, uh it could be in the mix in terms of round two or round three. I'm not there yet. Maybe Mobile can change my opinion on that. Charlie Kolar out of Iowa State. He started out the year in most people's top three tight ends. I think he's fallen back a little bit. Uh, I think when he didn't come out last year, I think that spoke volumes that maybe what the you know what he was hearing in terms of his draft stock, and that's why he went back to school. Not going to be a guy that has a lot of speed to his game or separation quickness. He could have some route refining issues. But what he does offer is great size and frame, very good play strength. He's got toughness and physicality. He uses that to create space, similar to Trey McBride. I think in that regard, they're, they're very similar in terms of how they use their size, their frame, and their physicality. He's a red zone weapon. He's got great length and catch radius. Uh, he's got ball skills. get a shots in high point of the football to win contested catches. I think similar to McBride, average athleticism, movement skills, and route running. So to me, a guy like McBride and Kolar are very similar. I think wherever McBride goes, Kolar shouldn't be that far behind. So if they're both round four, round four, I think they're pretty similar in skill sets. We'll see if something stands out this week for me to kind of differentiate between them. But to me, they're both in the mix in, the, in terms of the top five tight ends in this, in this draft class. But I think they both more warrant round four value. And some people seem to think McBride is much higher than that. Another guy I'll we'll be watching closely is Cole Turner out of Nevada. While well, he's got some rat refinement and blocking issues, holding the point of attack, those things, he's got great size, average frame, good athleticism, movement skills, speed, and quickness. He can attack the seam vertically down the field. He's versatile to line up in line, in motion, or out wide. He's got the ability to high point the football. He's got great length and catch radius and really good production at his time at Nevada. One of the most talented tight ends that we've been talking about for years, but the production never matched it, is Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. Right. So it's got limited production. Uh, the route running needs a lot of refinement. He didn't wasn't asked to run an extensive route tree at Ohio State. He's got to refine his blocking techniques a little bit, but he's got very good size and frame, great length and catch radius. He shows, at times, the ability to high point the football, to win contested catches, He's got good athleticism, speed and movement skills. I just think he was underutilized for whatever reason, probably because the receivers are amazing at Ohio State. But I think there's more to Rucker than maybe what we saw at college. So he's a guy who really intrigues me on day three because I like a lot of things about him. His athleticism, his natural physical traits are things that I think NFL teams are going to want to work with. So Rucker intrigues me a lot. Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. I never, I never soared. This is a guy that people have been really high on for years and years ago in the Debbie landscape. To me, I, I, well, he's got very good size, average frame. He's a good route runner with understanding of route concept and knows how to create space at the catch point. He's got good length and ball skills, shows the ability to extend and high point the football. He's got good hands. I think his athleticism is just average. Same thing with his movement skills, his speed, his yak ability and separation quickness. So to me, he's not a prolific receiver. He's an average blocker at best. Uh, I think he's a round four to round six type guy. That's where I think Ferguson belongs. More round five, round six, and even round four, because I think round four really should be where, in my opinion, guys like McBride, Kolar, and likely should be going. Uh, so Ferguson would definitely be a little bit more down the pecking order on day three. So there it is, guys. Every single skill player I pretty much shared my thoughts on besides Zakandre White out of South Carolina, who hasn't had a chance yet. Uh, Braylon Sanders out of Old Miss. Uh, didn't watch enough of him yet to to really give a full take on him. Those are those are uh, two one running back, one wide receiver, and then the other guys, uh, Trey Turner and Ontario Drummond. Uh, I didn't get a chance to do a full uh, a full looks at just yet. So those four guys, I'll, I'll keep a close eye on if. They are shining and, and being talked about a lot. I will circle back to them. I am going to get a chance to watch them and take some notes on them prior to the senior bowl kicking off. But those are just a couple of names out of, out of the long list of guys here uh, that I just didn't get a chance to get around to just yet. But if you were looking for a quick synopsis to get you ready for the skilled players at the senior bowl, I hope that 30 minute or so right there kind of set the stage for you because I went through every relevant, uh, every single player who's going to be down there from the quarterbacks, running backs, by receivers and tight ends. And besides a handful, uh, I, I shared my thoughts on every single one of them. Current draft projection, I think, how they win, some concerning areas at times for guys. Uh, so hopefully that kind of set the stage for you to really get a feel for these guys. If you're maybe just turning your, pay, your attention from the NFL to the college game, you're a big draft fan and, and want to start getting to know these guys, hopefully that uh, gave you a quick synopsis on who's going to be down there in Mobile to kind of get you ready uh, for what you're going to be reading and seeing and hearing all week from so many of these guys. If we kind of spin this over, obviously the shrine bowl and senior bowl used to be two completely separate weeks. Here they kind of morphed into kind of the same week. This, the shrine bowl practices started already, though. So things kicked off a little bit earlier. The game is next Thursday, the senior bowl is next Saturday. But it used to be two completely separate weeks, which was a lot easier from you know people like myself's perspective in terms of getting ready for the shrine bowl, getting ready for the senior bowl, focusing on those guys. And listen, we know that the preeminent game is the senior bowl. So we know most of the big time guys. Are going to be in mobile. But every year there's some guys at the Shrine Bowl to keep a close eye on. So while I'm not going to run through every guy like we just did for the senior bowl, I'm going to talk about a couple guys to, to keep a close eye on this week from what you're hearing from down at the Shrine Bowl. At the quarterback position, I have four names written down. First one who probably intrigues me the most is Dustin crumb out of Kent State. He's 6'1, 219. Uh Average size and frame, good accuracy in the short to intermediate range, above average to good athleticism and rushing ability. He ran for 12 touchdowns this year. You can do some RPO concepts with him, good decision-making. Arm strength is a little bit of a concern, ball placement issues, mechanics and footwork a little bit inconsistent. I think we're talking about a late vapory guy at best, but Crum is a guy who has been a – a productive college player. I think people might've thought he was going to be a guy who was ticketed for the senior bowl earlier in the year, just didn't materialize, but I think he's probably the best or one of the best of the quarterback prospects down there uh, at the shrine bowl. The Eric King, obviously out of Miami, formerly of Houston, a guy who I was a big fan of, you know, obviously he's very undersized. The arm talent is average, but the athleticism the rushing ability, the RPO ability, the playing off structure of running on the run. You know, I, I thought there was a chance a couple of years ago that this was a guy who could be one of those outliers, you know, and maybe not the Kyler Murray level, but a guy who could be a quarterback at the next level. I think now it's up for debate. You know, he's battled injuries, the durability issues. He's been inconsistent a little bit. I think it would be the right team to make him a backup quarterback. But listen, we, you know, we've seen guys, you know, play at the NFL level who I, you know, I'm not sure we thought uh, they would be able to. So I I don't, I'm not going to rule it out. You know, Phillip Walker, you know, is a guy who kind of, Pops into my head that a Philip Walker could play quarterback at the NFL level. I don't think it's out of the of possibility that the Eric King could get an opportunity to be a backup quarterback uh, due to his natural athleticism and ability to make things happen with his legs. Teams want that sometimes at their backup or third string quarterback. But I also think he's got the skill set to be a guy who who can play a different position. He started out his career as a wide receiver. So the agility, the elusiveness, the open field ability, I I think he could be a guy that, you know, I'd like in the pre-draft process for him to maybe show something else in another position to see if he could be that a slash type player. So I'll keep an eye on him down there. Brock Purdy, man, man, if things fall in, this was a guy that prior to not the year just passed the year before, I think most people thought Purdy he was on the trajectory to be a round one, round two level quarterback, and then just inconsistency, ball security issues, vertical accuracy, and ball placement issues. You know, lack of NFL pros in the tight windows or outside the numbers you know, have pushed Brock Purdy now down to being at the Shrine Bowl, not the Senior Bowl. We're probably talking a late date free guy. I do think he's, I do think he's got some characteristics that are intriguing. I think he throws a good touch and anticipation. I do think he has some good accuracy, especially thrown in the middle of the field between the hash marks. I like his release. It's quick. He can play off structure. He can do some things with his legs in terms of mobility and stuff like that. Uh, but man, once upon a time, I think most people thought Purdy was going to be playing at the Senior Bowl and potentially a top three-round quarterback pick for sure. Then the only other quarterback keep an eye on down there is Jack Cohen out of Notre Dame, 6'3", 217. Not going to do much in terms of playing off structure, throwing on the move, but he can go through progressions. He's got average accuracy, pro-style offense, a lot of play action, vertical shots. I think he can, you know, for a team that likes to run a very pro-style offense, I think he can be, maybe be a competent second-string or third-string quarterback down the line. If we take a couple of running backs to talk about who are down there, uh, a couple transfer guys who I've been talking about all year, so I don't have to go too much into them, but Ty Chandler and Keontae Ingram. I thought those guys were going to be ticketed for senior bowl too. When when Chandler switched to transfer to UNC and was going to get a big opportunity, I thought they replace you know, Michael Carter and Javante Williams and Keontae Ingram went to USC. I thought these guys were going to be guys that really served stock rise to maybe be round three, round four guys. Now at best, they're probably late day three guys. But in terms of Kante Ingram, I still like the size and frame. I like the contact balance, the toughness, the finishing ability. Uh, he's got good footwork, shows the ability to one-cut and get up the field, good agility and elusiveness. I like the receiving skills, but inconsistent in pass pro, workload concerns, inconsistent production now at two places in Texas and USC is what has Ingram you know, further down uh, the pecking order and playing at the Shrine Bowl, not the Senior Bowl. In terms of Ty Chandler, he's another guy who inconsistent – uh, rushing production over the last couple years, concerns about workload limitations. I think there's more receiving production concerns there than there is for Keonta Ingram. Average size and frame at 5'11", 203. Above average athleticism, bursts, acceleration, and long speed, good lateral quickness. Uh, I think he's got above average good footwork and cutting ability to change directions. Uh, but they just never materialized, the two of those guys. So disappointing that they're that they didn't take advantage of their transferring this year. Uh, We'll see if they can make any noise in the pre-draft process because I did really like both their games a lot over the last couple of years prior to the season starting. I thought we were going to see them really develop and maybe see their draft stock rise a little bit, but instead it went the other way. Uh, Deshaun Corbin out of Florida State, 5'11", 205. Some injury concerns. Not going to be a guy who's got explosive long speed. Not going to be a guy who's got to make people miss in the open field. Only average athleticism, but he's got good short area bursts, good contact balance, power, play strength. Can break tackles, pick up additional yards. I think he could be a depth piece as an inside power gap run scheme. Good rushing production. Uh, could be a functional check down back out of the backfield. Letty Brown out of West Virginia. Similar speed concerns, agility, and elusiveness concerns, but very good size and frame athleticism just average good play strength power toughness physical he runs with that natural forward lean always constantly picking up additional yards got good footwork for a bigger guy average to above average receiving skills makes him worthy of a late day three or priority free agent up here strong out of South Dakota State uh, obviously level of competition brings up some concerns. Uh, not going to be a guy that makes a lot of people miss not much in the passing game, but I think he can be a sustainer. I think he'd be a guy who could get taken in round six or round seven. He's a guy who shows good short area bursts. Uh, the vision and footwork is good. Ability to one cut, get up field quickly. He's got above average to good play strength. He can run through contact, pick up additional yards. So those are the running backs that, that kind of stand out at the shrine bowl to keep an eye on. If we turn to the, uh, uh, play, uh, pass catchers. I'll start with the tight ends. Cause there's only one to really keep an eye on. And that's Derek Deach jr. Out of San Jose state. He's 6'3, 236. Now, obviously similar to Isaiah likely, what I was talking about before is going to be a mobile size and frame are concerns, not going to be a blocker. Level of competition is an issue. He's got some drops to, to clean up. He's got to re- expand and refine his route running. But we're talking about a guy while well, undersized, above average, good athleticism, movement skills and speed, above average length and catch radius, good receiving production, good body control with the ability to adjust to the football, average play strength, pass catching tight end at the next level. Could he? Be, so can he develop into that complementary pass catching tight end? I think we're probably talking more of a guy who's a round six-ish, give or take guy, but, but his athleticism pass, catch, and pass catching skills definitely put him in the mix. If we talk about the wide receivers, I think the clear top wide receiver there in the first day of practices, Tony Pauline was saying that he was almost uncoverable down there was Charleston Rambo out of Miami, formerly of Oklahoma. this was a guy once upon a time, I think most people thought was eventually going to be ticketed for a top 100 pick, Uh, six feet, 180, obviously some frame concerns, some play strength concerns, physicality, stuff like that. But Good overall athleticism, long speed, acceleration, and burst. You see it on his vertical routes. You see when he his releases off the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's got, I, I'd call it linear yak ability. He's not going to be a guy stop and go, change of direction. But I think he's got some. If if he catches on a quick slant, he's got the linear speed to make people miss. If he gets the right angle, and then he could be gone after the catch. Good body control and ball skills, with the ability to adjust the passes outside his frame. I said the other top wide receiver down there is Kyle Phillips out of UCLA. He's 5'11, 186. He's definitely limited to the slot. Some play strength and physicality concerns are legitimate. Same thing with his frame and size. While undersized though, good to very good athleticism, movement skills, speed and separation quickness. He's a good route runner, shows a lot of change of direction and yak ability, can make people miss in the open field. He's a versatile slot receiver, can get vertical and can be used on manufactured touches and has return skills. So Phillips could be one of the top wide receivers uh, taken there from the Shrine Bowl. Calvin Turner out of Hawaii, very similar to Kyle Phillips, except much bigger frame. Uh, Phillips is 5'11", 186. Calvin Turner is 5'11", 207. But to me, he's a versatile offensive weapon. Very similar. He's like the Shrine Bow's bow melting, basically. Versatile offensive weapon. Can be used as a wide receiver, running back, very good athleticism, long speed movement skills, got quickness and agility, can make people miss in the open field. Can be used in space as a third-down running back or as a slot receiver and on manufactured touches. So Turner is a guy who I can see making some big plays down there at the Shrine Bowl. A couple other guys, uh, Javon Haley at Coastal Carolina. Obviously, the level of competition is a big, big jump up for him. So it's always interested to see how he can perform. But there's some stuff to like about him: six feet, two hundred pounds. Above at, uh, average to above average athleticism, speed and quickness. He's got length and uh, good catch radius and good length to and ball skills to high point or extend for the football, catch it away from its frame. Got good yak ability and route running skills. Understands route concepts. Ideal outside possession receiver or ace in the slot. Uh, Ty F- Freifogel out of Indiana, six feet one, two hundred and five pounds. I I have concerns about his separation quickness and his long speed, so I think some people might look at him and and be a little bit higher on him than me. Uh, Things that I saw that are intriguing: while he's got above-average size and frame, I think the athleticism, like I said, is just average. He's got good length and catch radius. I like the ball skills. At in college, he showed the ability to high point the football, create space at the catch point with his physicality and toughness. To me, he's an outside possession depth outside possession receiver or potentially big slot. And the last wide receiver is Jared Stearns out of Western Kentucky. I mean, we're talking about size and framing issues, He's 5'7", 183, uh, scheme created a lot of things, but we're talking about a guy who had elite, elite level production, uh, good to very good athleticism, movement skills, separation, quickness shows a lot of agility, change of direction, very shifty, uh, you know, 5'7", 183 is a real concern No, but he's got route running skills. He's got the ability to create space out of his break and out of his releases. So Stern's a guy who may be priority free agent, round six, round seven, you know, if, if the opportunity arises due to his production, uh, you know, but he's a guy who his college production alone warrants, you know, a discussion about him. So there it is, guys. That was about, if I look at it, four quarterbacks. Uh, six, five running backs, uh, you know, so about maybe 18 players or so. I just kind of highlighted from the shrine bowl that I think could be of interest for NFL teams from the offensive side of the ball. So guys, I really hope that, uh, you find this episode helpful. I think if you're somebody who's just kind of transitioning from the NFL to the college and the draft landscape, I think this is a really good episode to kind of set the stage on what you're going to see at the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl. Start to familiarize yourself with these offensive players. Maybe it's for dynasty rookie drafts down the line. Um, Obviously, you know, a smaller operation like us here at Saturday Sunday, we don't have time to focus too much on the defensive side of the ball. I circle back to it. Obviously, before the NFL draft, obviously, anybody who, who pre, who has purchased the notebooks knows that, you know, in the draft projections notebook, there is all reports or snapshots on, you know, hundreds of defensive players as well. We do IDP rookie rankings after the draft, but that's more of a catching up in the months of March, April and post draft than, you know, having eyes on them, you know, for years and years, like we do the offensive players here at Saturday, Sunday, but we will make sure we have guests on to talk about the top Defensive prospects in this draft by the time draft weekend rolls around, I will be familiar with hundreds of defensive players in terms of who they are, best scheme fits for them, you know, their, their, how they win in terms of their best characteristics and traits. Uh, you know, I will be familiar with, with all those guys as well. I kind of use the senior bowl and the shrine bowl, uh, kind of as my jumping off. And then in the month leading up to the combine, really kind of start to dig into the other side of the ball as well to familiarize myself with all of the defensive players as well. And then between the combine, uh, and the NFL draft, you know, continue to, uh, you know, catch up on the defensive side of the ball as I fine tune things uh, from the offensive prospects that we've been following for so long here at Saturday Sunday. So hopefully you find this helpful. Uh, any players that you want to talk about, please reach out to me on Twitter. I've been on Twitter a lot, mostly talking Giants football, but now uh, that the GM and the head coaching situation uh, have kind of. S- you know, resolved itself. Just OC and DC left in that regards. Uh, my attention when I'm on Twitter now will turn to the, the draft process. We'll turn to the all-star circuits. You should expect to see me tweeting uh, my thoughts on a lot of things during Senior Bowl week, during Shrine Bowl week. Uh, obviously, I won't be down there, unfortunately, but I will be retweeting uh, a lot of things and subtweeting a lot of the guys who I trust the most in the industry who will be down there Who, uh, and then I'll be watching all the coverage I can get my hands on in terms of NFL Network, ESPN, things that are posted online, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'll be sharing all my thoughts as well. Expect me to be live tweeting a lot during the games itself, the Shrine Bowl, uh, you know, uh, and then the Senior Bowl as well. So with that said, if you're enjoying the content, now is the best time to get over to the website, ssfootball.com. Check out our premium content tab for $9.99. You get all our stuff. I have been working endlessly on the notebooks, guys. The scouting notebook, I think I have one guy left, uh, in Zach Charbonnet. And then I'm going to be adding a few of the senior bowl players that I talked about today. So anticipate a handful of senior bowl wide receivers, uh, to be added to the mix in the scouting notebook. I already added, uh, you know, belly zap the quarterback. So I will probably end up in the pre-draft process, adding another 10 names to that, but I have separated it into guys who declared guys who did not. So you can just look at it as Basically, an offensive NFL draft guide uh, with tons of scouting reports. Probably over a hundred total if you count the guys who didn't declare and the guys that did. Uh, more to come from the guys that did declare, especially the Senior Bowl guys who I. You know, I did a lot of note-taking over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you get all of that. I updated lots of other guys. I will continue to update that a lot as we get ready for our tier buster shows here at Saturday to Sunday between the All-Star Circuit and the Combine. Those are our bread and butter shows every single year. Uh, you get the rankings notebook where same thing there. I separated the guys who are now, the it just says draft rankings. It's not draft eligible rankings anymore. Uh, lots of guys have been added to the rankings notebook. I updated my dynasty rookie rankings. I updated my positional dynasty rankings to get you ready for the off season. I updated Debbie rankings, lots and lots of stuff updated in the rankings notebook as well. And then obviously, as I mentioned before, the draft projections notebook comes out in April, 350 to 400 prospects in there. snapshot of who they are, their combined measurements. Uh, And then, ranking them by position in terms of how I expect it to go from everything I'm hearing. You'll have a tab for every single position, and then you'll have three big board tabs, me projecting which players I expect to go off the board in round one, the first three rounds, and then my projection of trying to guess every player that gets taken in the NFL draft all seven rounds. It is the best way to support the show. It's nine ninety nine, guys. I don't know if you can find another deal out there uh, and get more for that. Level of price, so please, if you're a longtime listener of the show and you've never purchased it, please check it out. It really helps us continue to do what we're doing. We never want to put anything behind a paywall. We don't, in terms of like the pay, uh, the podcast or anything like that. So. We don't want to create a Patreon account and just ask for money for listening to the podcast. We'd rather give you all this content for $9.99 uh, than you guys just then just asking for a donation. So please, if you've purchased it in the past and haven't yet this year, please consider doing it again. If you've never checked it out, it would mean a lot if you check it out. And we think you will be pleasantly surprised with just all that it offers. If you have any questions, reach out to me on Twitter and I will gladly respond. So on behalf of Matt, on behalf of Jeff, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining me. Enjoy the All-Star Circuits. We'll be back next week recapping it, talking about it all, uh, and breaking it down from every angle possible. Stock up, stock down. So until next time, we'll take you from Saturday to Sunday.